Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello and welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast. This is episode number six in the initial series, Your Money Mindset, and it's titled Investments Should Be Boring. So we're going to cover what you need to know about why your investment approach should be boring and what you can do to make sure that it stays that way. Now, when I was a kid, like many boys, I wanted a really cool fast car. (laughs) I'd watch movies with these fast cars doing all sorts of things, and I obviously wanted to do that too. I probably watched Gone in 60 Seconds a million times and said, you know, I want one of these old fast cars that I could do tricks in and, you know, be generally very unsafe in. I'd get the Motor Trend magazines, I'd look at all the new models and everything else, and then you fast forward to me today, and well, I drive a Subaru. It's not particularly fast. I bought it because it's known for being safe, and it has a good reputation for being reliable, and essentially I feel like I can put my family into the car, and we can go to, you know, wherever we're wanting to go to safely. And that's what turned out to be the most important to me when it comes to my car for where I am today. So what you need to know is people can kind of be the same with investments. We watch movies of people trying to time the stock market and and hit it big. And we may think of the stock market then as a, a fancy, shiny car. And because everybody kind of has investments, it can sometimes make it feel not quite so reckless to to take this approach. We're just kind of emulating what we may see on TV with buy low and sell high and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's, in my opinion, a reckless approach to be taking when it's the most important tool you probably have when you're trying to determine what your future is going to turn into. So when you hear me say boring, what does that mean exactly is probably the question that you're asking. So I'll first start off by saying what it doesn't mean. It does not mean leaving all your money in the bank with no real upward potential long term. If you leave all your money and save in the bank, you're probably not going to reach the goals that you're setting out for yourself. If you do, it's certainly going to take you much, much longer than it necessarily has to by trying to do it that way. What it really comes down to is two main points. The first is staying diversified. And two is not touching it. So for number one, staying diversified, my industry likes using a lot of jargon terms that confuse people, but diversified is really just a fancy way of saying, don't have all your eggs in one basket. If you think about your 401k statement, that's probably the easiest place to to relate to, and you look at all the investment options, what you probably see are 20 to 30 different individual options. In those titles, you'll see words such as large cap growth this, or small cap value that, or foreign this, or emerging markets that. These are all different areas of the market, the global market. And some of these are uh, stock funds where you're buying equity or ownership in companies. Others can be bond funds. And that would be kind of like if you, the easiest way again is, when you received government savings bonds from the U.S. government, when your grandparents probably gave those to you, 
That's basically the government having money loaned to them. You're loaning them your money, and they're paying you an interest rate off of that. That's how a CD works. That's uh, how any bond debt kind of instrument works. Corporations like Apple, Coca-Cola, they do that too to raise money for themselves. So there's all these different areas that you can invest in. The thing about it is, despite what you may see on TV or what anybody proclaims, nobody has a crystal ball to know which areas are going to do really, really well in any one year, and a crystal ball to know which areas are going to do really, really poorly in any one year. And so we don't want to really be trying to time or guess what areas are really fantastic and are really going to do well, and what areas aren't. Because that's when people tend to get into trouble. If you think about all these finance experts or self-proclaimed experts out there, if any of them was really able to do that, everybody's money would probably be with them by now, right? If they could consistently say which area is always going to do the best, they probably would draw a lot of attention. They certainly would be drawing attention from people in the industry like me. When we're staying diversified, that means that we're keeping pieces in all of these different areas. We're kind of, you know, we're acknowledging the fact that we don't know which area is going to do really well or really poorly in any one year, but long term, all of these different areas should go up in value. Long term, if we have a little bit in different pieces, it should take us in the correct upward direction, again, long term. Any one year, things can go down, they can go up, but long term, if we spread out everything all the time, we're giving ourselves a much better chance of going in the right upward direction as time goes on. For number two, not touching it, this is much more straightforward. Unfortunately, 2020 is probably a really good example. If you're watching the news or maybe even watching your accounts, in March or so, most things went down 20 to 30%. And then they proceeded to rebound in the next few months and we ended 2020 with most categories or most areas of the market that we just kind of touched on briefly positive. Some were very positive, double-digit positive. Now, the people that panicked and moved their money out when it was low were the ones that completely now lost their ability to recover. That recovery already happened. So they can invest now, but they're investing after everything has already gone up. And that's the thing that most people run into. And it's not something that I can blame them for at all. Emotionally, when you see those numbers decreasing, it fills you with fear. It fills you with anxiety. That's perfectly natural. You're watching something go down. However, if you're reacting on those emotions, that's where you can get yourself in trouble. When they do studies on how much value an advisor actually adds for the people that they work with, the biggest contributing factor to that oftentimes is helping people with the behavioral element. Avoiding rash emotional decisions when it comes to investments is generally a sound approach to be taking. So what can you do? The first is to kind of treat your investments more like a Subaru. We're trying to use them to get your family to its destination. That's our mindset. We're not trying to jump in a sports car and get them to their goals you know, potentially at 200 miles per hour, but also with a very high likelihood of crashing. We're trying to go in the right direction and get there safely. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, we never recommend creating your own allocations. 
So for your 401k again, if you look, oh, they have all these different funds. I could pick some of this. I could pick some of that. If you're not a professional that's trained and can do this on a regular basis and has knowledge and experience, then we do not at all recommend doing that. Most 401k plans offer you what they call target date funds. So if you're looking at your list of investment options, you may see a fund that says the Retire 2045 fund or the Retire 2050 fund. What these funds are, are an easy way to get broader diversification and broader spreading your money out all in one fund. So what the fund does is it says, this person says they're going to retire in 2045. That means I can be more aggressive today because we're still 20 plus years away. And when we get closer to 2045, we're going to make it naturally more conservative because they're getting closer to their retirement. So this is a very basic way to get a larger level of diversification without having to make those decisions on your own when if this is not your profession, you're probably not qualified to be doing that. Outside of a 401k, they have something called allocation funds. So it may be the Vanguard Moderate Growth Allocation Fund or the Franklin Templeton Conservative Allocation Fund or whatever it might be. And you can match the level of risk that you're wanting to take or that's appropriate to be taking for each of your individual accounts. If you are using an advisor, they, in my opinion, should be giving you very similar advice to this. While they may have an expertise in designing their own allocations, in my opinion, it should be very much an invested everywhere all the time kind of a mindset. If your advisor speaks about tactical or moving to cash or forward-looking projections or anything like that, that's generally code for trying to guess what's going to do well, which I definitely am not a proponent of. In closing, let's take a quick look at some of these main points that we covered today. The first is take a step back and look at how your mindset currently is when it comes to dealing with your investments. Are you looking at them as a tool? Are you looking at them as kind of the Subaru I want this tool to be able to take me and my family to reach my goals. Or are you looking at it as more of a Hollywood fast car and maybe that's not the approach that you really want to be taking. The second point is being diversified is a way to spread your money out everywhere all the time because we aren't ever sure which area is going to do really well or really poorly, but long term they should be taking us in the right general upward direction. The last is when it comes to the emotional part of it and not touching it. 2020 may seem unique. 2008 seemed unique. There is going to almost certainly be multiple more stressful situations, emotional situations, where you're going to see your account go down in value. Lastly, remember there are tools such as target date funds and allocation funds that can help if you're not using an advisor who can can assist with these allocations that can give you a level of diversification that most likely is better than you trying to do something like this on your own. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. There are literally millions of young American families out there that I'm trying to reach and help just like you. The final episode in this initial series is going to be coming up shortly. And its title is, Aren't Advisors for Old People? So some things that we may be taught subconsciously through what we see on TV and what we think of when it comes to an advisor that may not necessarily be true. It's been great talking with you today, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. 
The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. You should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management, LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities, Inc., and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.